Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Doing, you're listening to the Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103. It's Elmer Moore at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here in studio, ready to go. As always, raring to go. And so much happening still for the bank holiday weekend around Cork City and County. We've got lots of different listings and bits of news of things for you. And some lovely guests on the programme again today. Later on, I'll be chatting and tipping in with Peter Stobart, the director of the Cork International Choral Festival, to find out what's in store for today, which is the final day. We'll also be having a chat with Belinda Wilde, who's the director of Kinsale College of Further Education's production of the fantastic A Midsummer Night's Dream. What a play to start off the summer season. Elmarie also caught up with Keith Pascoe with the Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's going to be some night. And we're also doing a special on Una Hurley, an exhibition that is taking place in Cork County Library. Actually, just the most fantastic and fascinating exhibition there. The the subjects for her paintings yeah, are the all ideas. of these women yeah. whose stories or details about them have been forgotten or deliberately sort of just brushed off into well, you told me some tales the dust yesterday. of history. I was just saying, well, you could make a TV series out of it. That's what yeah. we were saying. Yeah. Actually, Una, if you're listening this morning, Great uh, idea. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. Get in so, touch with them. Yeah. Stay tuned with us for that because one of the paintings that's uh, used in terms of publicity for this is a very recognisable one of Amelia Earhart. Uh, but Una told me stuff about Amelia Earhart I hadn't known at no. all, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. That's just one of the subjects. We'll be chatting about that as we go through the programme. Lovely to see the texts already coming in. Michael and Barry Rowe, God, you're always great for being in with the early texts. Fair play to you. Um, did we go to Parky Grief and watch it cheering? No, actually, because wasn't this just so far <laughs> the most incredible weekend you Karen Underwood even on just Friday night alone you had Karen Underwood headlining the Ballydehob Jazz Festival you had a Chamber Choir Ireland with the incredible night in St. Finbar's Cathedral you had the Celtic tenors who were singing in Carrigaline with the Carrigaline singers that was a fantastic concert I was doing MC for that uh, Ed Sheeran rocking it out of the park <laughs> in uh, Parky Cueve and you had the most amazing line of beginning Collins Live and everything it was just one incredible if anyone was visiting Cork on Friday night they would have said Cork wow, is hopping. this is the place to be yeah. sure don't we always know that eh? absolutely Cork is beautiful <laughs> life is beautiful
Love that one. That is, of course, taken from the soundtrack to the movie Life is Beautiful. That's very apt, actually, because there are three fantastic orchestral concerts coming up in the very near future. Now, working backwards from the latest to the to the to the nearest, we're starting with the Cork Concert Orchestra. They're having a gala night at the movies with a whole program of superb music from the movies on June the eighteenth in City Hall, and tickets for that are already on sale through Eventbrite. So just look up for the Cork concert orchestra. Indeed, and before that, the Cork Youth Orchestra have a huge night in City Hall as well on May the 21st, so near the end of this month, with their special guests the band True Tides. This is going to be just phenomenal and a joyful celebration of youth and fabulous energy. I've seen a couple of clips that True Tides have been sharing on their Facebook page of where they've been in at rehearsals with the orchestra. It all looks fierce exciting altogether. So we're so thrilled for the conductor, Thomas McCarthy, and all the incredible young musicians and again, tickets for that are already on sale, tickets.ie. Well, the most immediate orchestral concert is with the Cork Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra and it's going to be in St. Finbar's Cathedral on the 14th of May. That's a Saturday. It's a really, really beautiful programme. I'm almost caught there. <coughs> of music and Elmery spoke to the orchestra's conductor, Keith Pascoe, of course, to find out more. Keith, how joyful it is to be back in orchestral rehearsals preparing for a public performance. You know, the famine was long, the drought lasted far too long. And there's certain things, I mean, I know there was lots of choirs trying to do like virtual choirs and things like that. With an orchestra, it's really kind of just disbanded completely, isn't it? Until you can actually come together again. So to have a concert coming up in a venue as glorious as St. Finbar's Cathedral with the sound and acoustic that that's going to give to the world works you're performing it must be such a thrill it, it is Elmarie and even though I still tentatively think oh is this really going to happen because that's how we got kind of um, accustomed to all the, the gigs that did happen during the pandemic which were you know mostly small groups of players which I, I did a few of them but but for the orchestra it's been shall we will we be rehearsing next term we'll be rehearsing next term Will it happen? Will it happen? Won't it happen? So it's, it's a kind of, I don't know, it's one of those things you, you, you have to not be too disappointed if it doesn't happen. But I know it's going to happen this time because concerts are happening again, which is great. And I suppose that, that was like trying to plan ahead for that has been, for, for the, I'm sure for all orchestras, very, very hard to actually say, well, first of all, how many people, how, how many people can we risk in case it all you know, collapses and what pieces would we choose, you know, and which venue. So all that kind of stuff, it makes you a bit schizophrenic. It's like, what are we doing? What can we do? What can't we do? Um, You have to prepare for multiple realities, don't you? That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And and I suppose, um, so, and also we didn't know how keen people would be individually, you know, to come back. Uh, And when, that was was the point. So again, with size of the orchestra, shall we go medium? Shall we go big? Shall we just go small? What should we do? So consequently, we went for medium in the end uh, and for Finbar's Cathedral. And luckily, it was just after having a conversation with, with Peter Stobart, the director of music, I was playing in there with, with Vambra a few months back. And I just you know, casually said, we must get your choir involved with the orchestra for you know, some time. He said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll sing a mass with you. I thought, okay. So it was just like that. These are how things happen. So we're going to open the concert with um, this short Missa Brevis 
which is a Latin mass. It's a very short mass, beautiful uh, mass. Uh, Mozart wrote quite a few of them, and it fits perfectly into our program to open up because it only has strings and it has no violas. It has three trombones, but I've actually arranged the three trombone parts. One of them, one of the parts is viola, viola, and the other two trombones are now bassoons. <laughs> because um, I'm sure that's what Mozart meant anyway when he put these strange, the strange combinations. So there were violins originally, violins, cellos, bass, trombones. He could have been writing for what he had at the time, but also he was he was something ridiculously young when he wrote this. Like this, we know Mozart's prodigy, but I was reading he was like 18 when he wrote this. Yes, and, and it was never published in his lifetime. So oh. who knows that, when yeah. it was first performed? You know, whenever. So it's very lucky. What I've done: the three trombones are there, kind of like you could call it like a guide track to um, <laughs> the music. So you can pick and choose, and you can, if you haven't got violas, we'll put them in. So it's 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 for four part, you know, SATB, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. For, for the, the St. Finbar's Choir and our small orchestra start the concert. It's, it's only about 13 minutes long, anyway. And then I'd always wanted to program Mozart's Flute and Harp Concerto, and especially because we have a wonderful flute player and harpist in the orchestra. So that's Maria Mokahi and Ima McDonough. So they agreed to do this Mozart Flute and Harp, which is, I think, one of the best pieces of Mozart. It's, it's just sublime. I don't know how he did it, you know, considering he had a reputation for not liking the flute. It's beautiful writing for both instruments. And that's the, that's the first half done, which is just a Mozart first half. Then we'll have a short interval and another of my favourites. I was trying to, I suppose I was during lockdown, I was trying to get, get in all my favourite pieces and mm. see if that, if that worked <laughs> without, with the amount of players. Keith, you're the, you're the maestro, so it's your prerogative, but you've chosen a gorgeous well, one. So which, which is leading off the second half then? Well, well the second half is going to be one of my favourites is Wagner's Siegfried Idyll, which is again, I chose because some of these pieces are hard to program. It, it's quite a, um, a string section. You could do it with a tiny string section, and it's very small wind and two horns, uh, one oboe, one flute, one trumpet. The trumpet parts is quite a, a, an amusing history because Wagner had composed it as a birthday present to his second wife Cosima Liszt, who was you know the daughter of, of Liszt, and um, for their, the birth of their child Siegfried. Hence the title Siegfried Idyll. But there's a funny story that the first performance, there are only a, like a chamber group playing it as a surprise present to Cosima. And the, but there was no trumpet player. So the conductor, Hans Richter, decided that he would learn a very simple trumpet part, which is only 13 bars long. Anyway, there's only 13 bars of trumpet in it. So he went away, apparently, on a boat on a lake to learn this trumpet part. Wow. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite pieces. It's It's kind of... It has you know, elements of um, Tristan and Isolde, and mm. then you know, obviously became part of Siegfried, 
in you know the, the opera. I think the whole story behind Wagner and Cosima is just an extraordinary love story in itself. But this particular, yeah. I, I think it's amazing to think of your man going out in the lake to try and learn the few notes for the <laughs> trumpet to be ready for it. And then to come back and basically they played it on the staircase when the baby yeah. was tiny. Like amazing. When you think the way these people lived, extraordinary. But the yeah. the melodies and the, the music of it are just sublime. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that you know. It, it, if it doesn't make you cry with joy, you must be yes. made of stone. It's, yes, it's got a most beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of those things that music can do that it's unexplainable. Really, it's one of my favorite pieces, but difficult to program because of the the combination of instruments and you know mm. where to put it in a program. And then the last piece we're playing. The funny thing was, I didn't want to tempt fate because the, the, the piece that we were rehearsing just before lockdown was Beethoven's Ninth. We were going to open. This you know 2020s choral festival with Beethoven's Ninth, um, which is you know monumental, massive uh, symphony. So I thought, right, let's let's do the first symphony instead. So it's, it's kind of you know not, te- not I didn't want to tempt fate. I thought let's start with the, the first Beethoven symphony, and it, which is full of joy and hope and positivity. And I don't. That's how it evolved this time the program. So it took a while. But you have chosen just. Beautiful, beautiful pieces. The first and second halves of the programme, in fairness, Keith, are such crowd-pleaser works. They're just going to be loved. Uh, St. Finbar's Cathedral on the 14th. The sound is going to be beautiful. The choir combination for the Missa Brevis will be beautiful as well. Tickets for this are actually simply available at the door. Yes, they are. But make a note, it's seven, uh, 7.30 concert. It's early because of the, the choristers. So it's 7.30 start. On, yeah. On the 14th. We will remind people of this again next week, yeah, yeah. Uh, again in plenty of time, yeah. so that people don't need to worry about booking or writing down phone numbers or anything like that. It is simply turn up on the night by 7.30 in St. Finbar's Cathedral on the 14th of May and be treated to the most gorgeous, gorgeous programme of music. Keith Pascoe, thank you so much. Thank you, Elmarie. going to be amazing, isn't it? It really, really is. So we'll remind you of that again next weekend. Today, though, of course, is the Sunday of the May Bank Holiday Weekend. And for most of us, it kind of signals the start of summer. From now on, we're going to be having so many summer festivals and summer concerts and things with a summer theme. And children are looking forward to summer holidays. Everything's around the corner. And you can really feel kind of things take up a gear, don't you, this weekend in terms of, I suppose, life getting back to normal and all sorts of stuff. I, I had a lovely text from Jack O'Rourke during the week who said, Elmery, would you mind mentioning that I'm playing in the Kinmare Butter Market on the 7th of May and tickets for that are available online and that, of course, would suit anyone in Northwest uh, Cork as well. Um, but Jack is actually on a little bit of a mini tour he didn't tell me about. He's playing the White Horse also on the night of May the 14th. That's a Saturday night, of course, and he can 
continues on the tour because if you can't see him in Ballincollig, then how about the 4th of June in Tracton? Booking for all of those is up and running. But if you are sort of dipping your toes in the sea this weekend for the first time, this is for you. Mother took a time like the perfect crime Pale dose glistening on cool water Caressing little waves and drowning sin Confessing rot as I, then diving in I made a beeline for the brine Didn't think of the ice cold Healing all that pain in green and blue Me and Martha, sun coming true See swimming Hard willing I'll dive with you into the dawn Cured and renewed in the tide Reborn See swimming It's fitting With sunlight dancing on your skin Naked as a morning with you again and again. Seaweed and musk like blind man's buff, feeling all the feels without warning. R.E.M. on your speakerphone Cockles and clams make undertones Meeting up our water signs Laughing in the tide with no motive Waves that hurl us into one Something brewing nearly begun Sea swimming Hard willing Divert you into the dawn Cured and renewed in the tide Reborn Sea swimming It's fitting With sunlight dancing on your skin Naked as a morning with you Time like the perfect crime Pale toes glisten on cool water Caressing little waves Drowning sin Confessing our desire Then diving in
Oh, and good luck to all of you who are diving in for the first dive of the summer, you brave, brave things. Do you nearly want to be bath temperature for me now, mind you? Uh, but I'm in huge admiration whether you're doing the uh, wetsuits or the dry robes or however you do it. Uh, fair play to you. That's Jack O'Rourke. Some great concert dates coming up to watch out for as well. We're heading for news next after this. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Thanks a million, Katie. Now then, Connor's been taking a look at what's making the headlines in print this morning across the front pages of the Sunday papers. Well, from what I can gather in the papers this morning, the themes that are kind of dominating the front pages are of fraud, insider dealing, and of course, politics. And then we have a little bit of good news from Glen Gareff, and we're going to finish off with some cinema and film news as well. So we're going to start with fraud and insider dealing. So if you look at the Irish Mail on Sunday, the main story there is Spanish court delivers ruling on cycling legend Stephen Roach is found guilty of fraud is the main story on the Irish Mail on Sunday. Under the Sunday Times, uh, the main story there, which is also covered in some other Sunday papers as well, is ex-CNC director hit by landmark insider deal fine. That's CNC there, the producers of labels like Bulmers and all that and that's the story there uh, interesting story also on the Sunday Times no dogs or cats rule scuppers housing hopes so uh, if you want to find out more about that it's on the front page of the Sunday Times Colin Coyle and Sonia Tutti tell us that Ukrainian refugees who bring pets with them when fleeing to Ireland are being refused access by some hotels and accommodation centres that do not accept dogs or cats. The other story there is cocaine, the hidden scourge of schoolboy rugby. And from the Sunday Times to the Sunday Independent, Fine Gael are under fire. I don't know if this is a deliberate pun. As turf war escalates, uh, basically the Greens accuse the party of quote, trying to outdo the Healy Rays on fuel ban. Uh, The other story on the front page there is of course a column by Brendan O'Connor and he tells us that a nuclear threat might be easy than a turf threat. That's an interesting story where he covers all of the problems that we're dealing with in the modern day from the p- potential of resurgence of COVID, a nuclear threat, World War Three, and of the problem with <laughs> turf in Ireland. Not his usual good news, Colin. No, no. So I'm moving <laughs> swiftly along to the bit of good news I can find, and that's inside on page two. And it's take two as statue of Maureen O'Hara is unveiled. Ali Bracken writes that a life-size statue of legendary Hollywood actress Maureen O'Hara has been unveiled in West Cork after an original sculpture costing 60000 was scrapped as it was quote, not a good likeness. The original statue of the screen icon who was born in Renla was due to be unveiled in 2020 in Glengariff and it became, which became the actor's adapted home after she moved there in 2005. Anyway, it, a new statue has been installed, not in what you call Paul Gorham, but on the main street. So That's so funny because we yeah. were in Glengariff during yes, the week um, and actually didn't see the statue. That's no. so funny. <laughs> I was on another planet. So we have to go back and say hello to Maureen. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, we're going to go from um, a movie star and a movie icon to movie news, in a way. Um, It's the story of a phoenix rising in Dingle. Uh, Locals are aiming 
aiming to reopen their treasured cinema. Uh, it's a great story of the Phoenix Cinema in Dingle, which closed as a result of the pandemic, and how people have got together, formed a cooperative fundraising, and hope to reopen what is Ireland's most westerly cinema. So I wish them the best of luck with that. So we have plenty of places where we can go to. Head over to Glengariff to have a look at Maureen and then from on there, drive over to Dingle when they open the doors of the Phoenix and may it rise. Speaking of um, movies as well, there's a great review by Chris Wasser also in the Sunday Independent under the heading quite simply of A Spiffing Return to Downton Dramatics. So you can gather that's a Thumbs up for the Downton movie 2, I suppose. So what happens next? I don't know. All I can see is a picture of Maggie Smith as Violet Grantham adorning the page under a three-star review for, um, yeah, Downton Part 2. It'd be worth going to see for uh, Maggie Smith's lines alone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I don't want any spoilers now from anybody who's been no, to see it already. Uh, the minute you read the first paragraph, yeah, zip the lip. Go no, and, I no, say go no, see the film no. and then read the review. Yeah, that's enough. Thank you very much. Nets and circle in the skies. I stood on the stern, I could see you by the pier. Watch you fall into your knees as I held back the tears. I'd be away for six months and maybe even more. If the nets kept coming empty, we might never see the shore. My dear, you know I'll miss you And I know you're with my child Let's hope the halls are plenty So I'll be back in time Cast off, take me back Cormoran on my fingers and my back about to break the salt with my skin my stench hung in the air the nets kept coming empty but they brimmed without a spare I lay awake at night picture in your face in the portrait on the mantel above our fireplace I knew that you were lonesome I was too I drink the tides were turning directed me Trying to haul it in 
I think that's one of my favourite songs of John Black's. I really, really love that one. That is, of course, called Cormorant. Um, and I know his uh, couple of lines in that about being away on tour. And in fact, he is so busy on tour. Um, for, I suppose, the month of May and through into June, he's all over Belgium and the Netherlands and Germany. But John Black, if you enjoyed that, actually plays tomorrow in the Dandelion Festival in the Fermoy International Garden. And they've got a gorgeous day planned with lots of free family fun. They're going to do a seed bomb workshop at 12. Then there's the Alchemy Arts Circus Theatre who are going to be milling around and doing stuff between 2 and 4. Um, there's a gig in the garden with a sort of alternative music from the Non-Toxic Orchestra. Don't you just love that title? And then John Black is going to take to the stage at 5. So that's all happening tomorrow in the Dandelion Festival for the 2nd of May in the Fermoy International Garden. Sounds like it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Orcs 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the programme and thanks indeed to those of you who've been texting. Good morning to David who says Jimmy Crowley and Eve Telford had a fantastic concert in Hollyhill Library on Friday. It was brilliant. There was a lovely crowd turned up. And if you're interested then, the next Gramophone Circle is on Thursday the 5th of May. That's this coming Thursday again in Hollyhill at 11, presented by Philip Brennan. So best of luck. In fact, if you have something happening that's in your local area, don't ever presume, you know, that we have a massive team of researchers or anything at all like that. We totally depend on you to get involved and to text in and let me know what's happening. When I say we, I mean myself and Connor. It's a two-man show. So do actually, you know, pick up the phone or take out your phone and text us to 0833 96 96 96 or the WhatsApp as well. I'll reply to all of you. Um, but if there's something happening in your area, if you ever see a poster up in Centra and the local garage or the local theatre group is doing something or there's a concert on locally raising funds, we want to hear about that, guys. Okay, so let us know and we will definitely give it the plugs. Anyway, today, the 1st of May, couldn't go the show without playing John Spillane. One morning in May, at the start of the summer, you make your way river, finding your boat. As you untie her, she starts to float, then stepping inside her. Leave all your troubles behind. Leave all your troubles Over the sky and down on the water Passing the trees all green overhanging You start to dream a dream in the morning Leave 
could go ashore and spend half an hour while dazzling angels dance on the water in gold and in silver, bringing your treasure. Leave all your troubles behind. If you want to leave all your troubles behind at the company of John Spillane, then Drimmer League this evening is the place to be because he's playing in the Drimmer League in as guest of the Drimmer League Singing Festival. That's tonight. Um, he also has his regular gig in Debarra's on Thursday, of course. That, uh, that's a regular one there on Thursdays with him in Clonakilty. But then he's off around the country, all sorts of places. He has another date in Cork, actually, later on this month. On the 15th of May, he's playing in um, the Mal Arts Centre in Yall. So if you're a fan of John's music and you absolutely adore it. Well, you could do worse now than book any one of those. In fact, isn't it great to see so many gigs happening at the moment? It's just joyful. It's unthachaeacoil. Gwyllim made shin to gigs or shulfi lawher. Ags gwyll reyv bukoil a yin of nis lua is nis lua ag dina erish. Well, feach er an si of idirlin the sea church in Bally Cotton. Mar ta tikedi biopnach dilta galeir lahaig Patrick Keelty an tachtan shakoing agus regional di hunter kubla shachtan an yeg shin. Ach eish ti lads, Lure to Katie Lafoyle Fos, the Shiva. Now, can she show the Mirla de Knaw, August Totten Talbum? Infinite Space, er deal anish. Agus vian gig e Collins sold out mar derha an dear the inshachate. Um, der vise gahuntach amakasamach, der er ne green grafina a honakme er Facebook. So biggie tapa, agus kenigi vortikati galua, la hagan gig e bally cottoner and gidlas fed of e bieltra. So mar dirt mehana. Conan she in Merla, ach, Hulme on track shot, spare rua, agus hit me in rawlish, agus hockrick me a hint in your thief. Toshe fear alling, so buinigi lawn tanev as shaw, shaw shiva.
Jack is doesn't matter what language she sings and she sounds amazing that's Shiva and you can see her and hear her in Sea Church in Bally Cotton on the 21st of May booking is open right now on the Sea Church website just simply google Sea Church in Bally Cotton and it'll all start coming up for you there in fact there's some great gigs I really would recommend you kind of get online um this morning and be checking out some of those especially if you want to get any tickets booked before everybody else, before they're all, all gone. Okay, there's actually loads of stuff happening today, uh, believe it or not, today alone. For example, today, Music at Midday returns to the Crawford Art Gallery. The Thalia Quartet and the Chroma Quartet are back to play a free recital in the gallery today at 12 o'clock. Don't forget, as I mentioned earlier on, today's the final day of the Ballady Hob Jazz Festival. There's a food and craft market running all day until 5. And then they have the parade at 6 with music and costumes and giant puppets and a brilliant atmosphere huge music train everywhere so you're going to be met with incredible jazz and uh, don't forget today is of course the last day of the Cork International Choral Festival and you know what to have brought a festival of this nature and this size back for an in-person event is just incredible. We'll be chatting to Peter Stobert, director of the Cork International Choral Festival again after nine o'clock between nine and ten. We'll dip in and just see how things are going because there's still so much happening today. And in fact, you know, I can't see right into the side wall of Cork Opera House here from Studio One in Broadcasting House, but I do know what's happening there. So we want to wish huge joy today to Corrine Wolf and to Declan Wolf and all the dance students from Studio Wolf who were taken to the stage of the Cork Opera House today for a huge dance spectacular. The whole thing is sold out, which is simply phenomenal. Twice over to sell out Cork Opera House, but totally unsurprising. In fact, I know right now they're doing the get-in for the matinee performance so the excitement is no doubt up to 90 and uh, we want to wish all of them the very best of our congratulations and best wishes. Um, coming up after 9, Connor has a wee competition for all of you. can stay listening and tuned in. We are of course going to mark a very quick hello to the Cork uh, as they, Cork team as they head off to face into Clare and Thurlis today. Oh my gosh, I have family members heading up. I'd say half of Cork is on the road. So we're going to do something for them between 9 and 10. And we have theatre news for you as well to come. Um, more gallery news as well for you to come. And some great Cork music as well from the band Rowan kicking us off after news at 9. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after these. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
sound there of Cork Band Rowan kicking off the second hour here of the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmery Moore and Connor with you until 10. And if you enjoyed Rowan there, well, they play Collins on Wednesday night. Thursday night in Collins, it is Ulton Conlon, which is going to be fantastic. Um... And I can see also actually in Collins, they're gearing up for a silent disco in aid of Ukraine next Saturday. Wouldn't that be a gas if you've never been to a silent disco or maybe it's been years since you had the chance? Well, then why not check out the Collins website? That looks like great fun and all, of course, in a great cause. Now, there's a really fascinating art exhibition in the gallery space of Cork County Library at the moment. It's called Women unremembered. And the paintings themselves are of women whose stories and lives many of us never heard of, but they have the most incredible histories and they should be remembered. And telling their stories is artist Una Hurley. Looking at her work, we can see these women through layers of paint and time. But gosh, they really still shine out from the canvas. Una's work explores not just the people forgotten in time, but the very nature of how we remember or, I guess, how we forget. And I spoke to her yesterday. I am, Una, fascinated with the whole idea of memory and how we shape memory and how our memories differ. And over the years, depending on whether we've had it treated in theatre or whether we've treated it in some other way, we've often talked here in the programme about how different people can go through the same experience and have an utterly different memory or perspective on what happened. Because that is the nature of us. But when you dive into the nature of changing memory and shaping memory, I imagine the layers are as infinite as the layers you bring to your artwork as a result. Well, exactly. And there's a South African artist called William Kentridge who, in his work, now he's dealt with all the, the horrors of South Africa in the, in the 80s and 90s. And he talks about forgetting being the natural process, like the landscape just grows through whatever happened there before, uh, you know, untouched landscape will grow through buildings and everything and try to forget what man has made. And that, that, that's the way we, that forgetting is a natural process and remembering is maybe unnatural, that we construct it. We have to, and that's why everyone's is different because it's our own construction of what we think happened. And without doing this repeatedly, we will forget. So that that's why our own layers of the same event might seem very different. And with each recall and with life's happenings, all that influences your recall of something way back. It's not a linear, fixed process, I think. It's it's kind of all over the place and very fluid and, and much like, like I say, like layers of paint on the canvas. You can smear it and conceal bits, expose bits. Some bits are vague and foggy and others are great clarity. So I use my paint like that in the same way to mirror what I'm talking about in, in some of my earlier work. Before I started working with these women, it was about how we construct memories and photograph, photo album memory. You know, we all have very similar photo albums, photos <laughs> and things that we've conventionally photographed, you know, birthdays, weddings, communions, all that kind of stuff. But we possibly don't actually remember those events on that day. We remember the photo album picture of that and that's triggering the memory we've put in our heads 
You know what I'm saying? So true. Isn't it amazing and fascinating how the brain works from that perspective? We remember through retelling and telling of stories to each other and, oh, do you remember when? And, you know, that plants it in our brain and you see a photograph and, oh, I remember. And someone else adds another detail that they may or may not remember about that particular situation. And that ends up building this kind of memory in our heads. So you have taken that whole concept, which is, let's face it, Una, enormous in and of itself, and brought it to these women who are unremembered by history. I mean, like, and that's a whole other topic as well. So tell us about how you came to these women. Quite organically. I didn't sit down one day and say, I'm going to start painting with women unremembered Mm -hmm. or forgotten women. It was in doing a search, actually, the first, uh, very often I'm just, you know, grabbed by an image that's very engaging and I'll say, who's that and what what happened there? I was doing a search of, this is a bit long-winded now, but B-17 air bombers, or planes, uh, that uh, one had landed in Inchidani near Clonakilty. In 1943, an American crew came, crash-landed into a marsh. I'm from Clonacilty originally, so I I still haven't made any painting around that, but I was looking at images of the plane and photographs of the crew and, and camps that were set up down there. And then images of aviation and aviators came up, and there was a gorgeous, gorgeous, striking image of Amelia Earhart. And and I went further into images of her, and when she was doing her transatlantic flight, she was aiming for Paris, but with fuel leakage, ended up landing in Donegal and landed in the field of a family called Gallagher's. And she stayed with that family overnight. And there are lovely pictures of her out in their field with this Gallagher family's children that you never see and never hear. And just looking into her a bit more, I saw that my knowledge of her was very one-dimensional. You know, we all know she went down trying to circumnavigate the globe. But she was amazing. She had worked hard for women's rights and, and had founded a group called the 99 for Women Pilots. She was obviously very popular and had a fashion business when everything started. That was just to fund her flight. I just think that's amazing. I mean, I never associated Amelia Earhart with a fashion line, but there you are. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and uh, she was aviator editor at Cosmopolitan magazine. Now, eventually, for that, when she became, uh, she was visiting as a faculty member visiting Purdue University, which is the university that that was associated with um, aeronautical engineering, all that kind of stuff. So she was um, an aviation advisor there and a career counselor to women students there. Uh, they funded her her flight to circumnavigate the globe. So she, she didn't need the fashion line anymore. So she dropped that, I think. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more to her than we, than we knew. And so looking at her led to other aviators. Um, we've all, well, more recently people have heard of Lady Mary Heath. I didn't paint her. I painted an even less well-known lady called Lillian Bland, who she not only flew Ireland's first powered biplane, she also was the first woman in the world to design, build her own plane and fly her own plane up in Carmoni near Belfast. At this stage, when she did this, Amelia Earhart was only, I think, 11 or 12 years of age. You know, so then when you go down that rabbit hole, you start linking all sorts of women and finding women you'd never heard of. Absolutely. Lillian Bland, I love her story. And it's amazing, isn't it, to think that, you know, Amelia Earhart wasn't even this kind of icon or inspirational figure that she predated Amelia Mm. Earhart as well. And even her own story, Lillian Bland, she was quite a kind of a convention breaker in so many ways, wasn't she? Complete badass. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, She was, you know, she wore trousers, smoked. She loved shooting. She was a great photographer and a sports journalist 
before they moved back to Ireland when her mother, she was born in Kent, I think her mother died and her father moved back to his home place, to his sister's house. Her, she was also widowed, so they decided to move back to the home place. And she tried to join the local flying club and wasn't allowed because she was a woman, so started building her own plane. And members of the flying club were coming out to their, to the area where there were some big fields there that she used to try to get this glider off the ground. And they were coming out to watch and take tips from her and all of this. And, and this um, scandalised her father, who promised her to buy her a car if she would give up flying. So she agreed to this and got her Ford, taught herself to drive. And within six months had opened the first Ford dealership in Belfast. <laughs> 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 Unstoppable, this woman. Yes. yes. I'll see your patriarchy and I'll raise it. (laughs) She was just something else. And, you know, this morning, Una, it is just impossible for us to take a virtual walk around all of the paintings of the women in this exhibition, which is to remind people in Cork County Library on the straight road. But you have included the history and the kind of story that you've unfolded in your research of all of these subjects for your paintings included in them. So as people walk around, they can see the images of these incredible women, read a little bit of their story and then look through the layers of painting, like the layers of history and the layers of information you've uncovered and the layers of information and stories about these women that have been forgotten, remembered or unremembered over time. I chose that word unremembered Mm. as opposed to forgotten because it was, you might say, an active rather than a passive forgetting. It was an active unremembering. The books were rewritten by men, you know, and this isn't, you know, to vilify men, but so much, so much depended on telling their stories, writing them down. It's not enough for for word of mouth. And they weren't, well, they were shelved and and put away in the the dusty archives, never to be seen again, really. And there there are tons more women that I still haven't done anything, you know, that I've collected images of where there are images. For example, Ellen Hutchins, I had no image of. She died pre-photography. They're amazing stories of amazing women that that have yet to be uncovered, I've no doubt. And I'm so sorry this exhibition is closing within the next two weeks. It kind of puts the skates on people to get in and and see it. But what a, a wonderful excuse to go and visit the County Library on the Straight Road to see it at the same time. Una Hurley, artist, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Elmer. It's a pleasure. To lose ourselves Staring at the stars And there were hundreds of birds Orbiting our hearts And we were searching for something good But this ain't Kansas, baby This ain't
somewhere, baby, that we know nothing about. And all the wilderness of love, we shall be found. Down there of Ruby Horse, I want to get lost. Isn't that just such an anthem? That's a stadium filler. That's everyone hopping up and down and roaring away, if ever I heard it. And if you want to hear more Ruby Horse, well, they're part of a big night out for Ukraine in Cork Opera House on Friday the 13th. And we wish them every, every joy. You know, I'm a good night out. <laughs> We've had Dennis Conway on the show before, a fun, fantastic performer, internationally known all over the world. Well, he's coming to court for one night only with Crap's Last Tape by Samuel Beckett, directed by Jeff Gould, what a pair, and performed by Dinny. We've spoken to Dennis before about this show, but it was before COVID, so it's such an amazing work. It's phenomenal. And you will be guaranteed to be safe in the hands of these two masters, but it's only for one night, and that is Tuesday the 3rd in the Everyman. And I suppose then after that, they're off again somewhere else. That's just fantastic. <laughs> On Thursday and Friday night, it's David Harrower's Blackbird is coming to the Everyman as well. It's in, we covered that on the programme last yeah, week. a which tough, tough we show. Talking about last week. And the details, if you want to find out more about it, are of course at the Everyman Theatre website. And you can book your tickets there as well. An extraordinary show as well. So that's two pieces, two highlights of what's going on this week, both in the Everyman. Um, Roisin Walters and Theocra Garvey are in the Curtis, Curtis Auditorium at the Cork School of Music at half past seven. It's an early start on Thursday night, the 5th of May. Violinist Roisin Walters, what can I say? Her solo performances have brought her so much fame in venues like Carnegie Hall, the Metropolitan Club in New York, the Barbican <laughs> Centre, Cadogan Hall, the National Concert Hall in Dublin, where she made her concerto debut at the age of 12. And she joins first prize winner of the 2012 Jacques Samuel Piano Competition and former NCH rising star pianist Fiacre Garvey to perform works by Cesar Frank, Lily Boulanger, Augusta Holmes and Michelle Esposito. Uh, tickets are only available to book online. So for that, just go to Cork Choral Society. No. I.e. Sorry, Cork Orchestra Society. No. Nope. Try again. <laughs> Cork Orchestral Society. Is the that Cork Orchestral, Orchestral Society. Okay. I.e. Now, yeah. I guess the fact that we've repeated it three or four times Cork means people will have it. Cork Orchestral Society. Have That's, it in their head. I just saw the owl. <laughs> 
Cork Orchestral Society.ie. That has a stuck. It never will. <laughs> My <laughs> apologies. <laughs> Thursday, the 5th of May for that one. I just want to say a huge shout out and congratulations to Scrubs, the CUH Workplace Choir, because I see a message here from Catherine Hennessy. Um, she texted in last week and asked for a big shout out for them ahead of it. Jeepers, don't I see a text from here to say that they won first prize at the Choral Festival yesterday in the competition and they're all just over the moon. And she wanted to text in a huge thank you to Patrick Dalton, who's their musical director, and to Joe as well, their pianist. So they are actually looking forward to singing in the atrium of the Clarion today. Uh, Atrium, Clarion, Clayton, what are you going to call it? The Clayton, exactly, today. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Isn't it just as well we married each other? Because there's two of us in it and we don't know what we're reading this morning. Um, but, of course, a- afternoons in the atrium continue as part of the Cork International Choral Festival today. And I think, Catherine said, Scrubs will be singing roughly around three or half three. I know there's going to be music there pretty much from around two anyway today. So, best of luck to everyone involved in the final day of the Choral Festival as well. Hello and thanks to Liam Howard for texting in. He says, hi, Anne-Marie, you might mention. We're on again tonight at eight and tomorrow afternoon at three in the Palace Theatre for Moy with the All-Ireland Qualifier play Chapati. And so that is a, a big, big uh, play that they are running around at the theatre circuit at the moment, wishing them all the very best of luck with that. But two great more performances of that. Now, I know there was something else I missed in the text line, but I will come back to it. Do you know what? Come back to it after these. We'll take a quick break. Quartz 96FM and C103. The Arts House. Text or WhatsApp 0833-969696. It's Elmery and Connor with you until 10. No, today's 1st of May, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's the first day of summer? summer? Yeah, well, midsummer isn't too far away and midsummer is nice, therefore isn't too far away. In fact, isn't summer the perfect time for bit of Shakespearean comedy. And they don't come as funny as, or as bonkers as A Midsummer Night's Dream. So next weekend, the drama students of Kinsale College of Further Education are performing in Bannon Spittle Community Hall as the stunning amphitheatre in Kinsale is being renovated at the moment. So to chat about the play and to find out a little bit about the course, Elmery spoke to director Belinda Wilde. Shakespeare just had a royal time with this comedy. Everything is in it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely everything. And in fact, kind of, you know me, and I have a bit of a, a passion for the old bard. In fact, it was a Midsummer Night's Dream that started that passion when I was at school at age 12. And we had this amazing English teacher who completely inspired us with this. We, we did drawings of the magic, basically. And Oberon, I learned all his speeches. They came really easily because it's such accessible language for Shakespeare. I think nearly anybody can understand it because of the rhymes. And the story itself is so understandable to us because it is a universal experience that he's talking about in the play, which is love and all its difficulties and its varieties and vagaries and problems and joys. It's about relationship, really. And it it explores relationships between couples in very many different ways. So there's the young lovers who are experiencing love for the first time and also... One of them has a crush, which takes him away from his real heart love. And the lovers quarrels. And then there's the Duke, who's actually won his wife-to-be in battle. So she's effectively a prisoner of war. And he has to win her round. And it's about diplomatic relationships, if you like, and how to make them 
feasible, arranged marriages and how to, to make them into something that's going to work. And then there's the mechanicals who really work hard to do something to celebrate the marriage of the, the Duke and the new Duchess and their completely heartfelt belief in the importance of community and giving and their, their, their sort of open heart. And then there's the fairies who are led by passion. By, by sexual passion fundamentally and live outside our own moral customs and the wood so much happens in the wood and it's a magic space and throughout Shakespeare's plays he uses woods and the natural landscape to take us outside our own human moral constructs and ways of being to back to what's going on elementally in the in the human heart and in the wood it's a very transformative space where people find out who they truly are, mm, away so from the impositions that society has put on them, some of which obviously are helpful and necessary and some of which are not. So that's it in a nutshell, really. It's a play about love and all its vagaries, and it's great fun. It's hilarious. It really and truly is. You know, I love actually, Belinda, I could listen to you talking away about it there for ages. You really have encapsulated all the various levels of the stories and and just the joy and the the laugh out loud moments constantly that there are with all the various characters and it not necessarily with all the pranking, but just the personalities and the way Shakespeare has drawn those personalities. When you are approaching something like this, which is a wonderful play to begin with, but when you were approaching it from a, a drama and theatre studies point of view, tell us about the course in Kinsale College of Further Education, because it is this particular batch of students who are bringing the play to the stage. Yeah, thank you, Elmarie. Yes, so I, mean, I suppose when we started the course, the course has now been running for, this is its 22nd year, and of course this play now is the first chance we've had a, the opportunity to get out and, and show what we're doing since summer 2019, so it's quite a special occasion, and so what we do really, it's very much a community theatre course and it's evolved over the years to become really a course which is about developing creative self-expression through the medium of theatre. And we have as our base a wonderful amphitheatre which is, I have been told, the only green public building in Ireland. Unfortunately, it is currently closed due to the need to be renovated so we've transferred to Ballinspittle. But the course itself, yeah, we get students from all over the country and several international students who are really interested, obviously, in developing expression through theatre. But it's also a place where students who like making props and um, developing visual skills and costume-making skills and generally the whole range of creative expression. And so it's, it's very interesting. And, and the, because it's in a small community college in a beautiful space, it means it has a very sort of family focus and, and students really feel that they belong. We create an ensemble which is mutually supportive and it, it takes a while for that to build. But the course itself now is a two-year course. Students have the option of just doing one year. And at the end of the two years, they can go to, now they can go to Sunderland University in the UK, which has a very similar ethos and do one year top-up. So that effectively it's a three-year degree program, two years with us and one year in Sunderland for those students that want it. But I would say that two-thirds of our students go straight out into the workplace. Some of them as um, follow the you know, professional acting, jobbing actor route, but very many of them 
go off to create their own work. It's very much about, we do a lot of devising, a lot of empowering students to know that, that the, the source of all the work is themselves. Yes. Oh, yes. I love it. I mean, I'm, I, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm, I'm really passionate about working with the students and about the, the general ethos of the place. It's, it's a great college. Well, I know you live and breathe the whole thing, Belinda. I, I know you absolutely do. And we are going to have a small little clip from one of the rehearsals earlier on this week then. This is Helena and Hermia, isn't it? Why don't you set the scene? Really right at the beginning of the play, and it's where the play all kicks off. So Hermia is in love with Lysander. But Hermia's father, Aegeus, wants her to marry Demetrius. And the scene starts with Aegeus asking the Duke to um, implement the law of Athens, which says that if uh, the, the daughter has to marry the man of her father's choice, otherwise she'll die or go into a nunnery. So she, it's a bit of a stark choice. And the man <laughs> that her father wants her to marry is Demetrius. And Demetrius was previously in love and engaged to Helena, the best friend of Hermia. So in this particular scene, Hermia and Lysander have decided that rather than face the sentence of death or her being in a nunnery, instead that they can be together, they're going to run away. But Helena comes into the scene and says to Hermia, why does Demetrius love you and not me? Tell me, teach me how you get Demetrius to love you. Um, and Hermia, Helena is a is a it's a great comic role actually, but but she's it, it's very real what she's what she's suffering. Um, and Isabella O'Donovan, who plays the role, is just perfect for the part. As is Lucy Pearl Coleman, who plays Hermia. Good speed, fair Helena. Whither away? Calling me fair. That fair again, unsay. Demetrius loves your fair. Oh, happy fair. Oh, teaching me how you look, and with what arts you sway the motion of Demetrius's heart. I frown upon him, yet he loves me still. I would that your frowns could teach my smile such skill. I give him curses, yet he gives me love. I would that my prayers could such affection move. The more I hate, the more he follows me. The more I love. The more he hateth me. His folly, Helena, is no fault of mine. None but your beauty. I would that fault were mine. Take comfort. He no more shall see my face. Lysander and myself shall fly this place. So a Midsummer Night's Dream is moving to the Community Hall of Ballonspittle, which has a fantastic stage and wonderful dressing rooms and everything like that behind it. Uh, tell us the details, Belinda, for tickets and the show dates. Okay, so we're moving to Ballonspittle Community Hall for Friday, May the 6th and Saturday, May the 7th. And performances are at 7.30pm. And then there's a Sunday matinee, which is at 2.30pm on Sunday, May the 8th. So tickets are actually, uh, can actually be bought or collected at the door. Um, we advise people to make reservations through this telephone number, 086-107-7230. Uh, tickets are €12 Euro or €10 Euro concessions. The concessions is for anybody who feels they need a concession, basically. And there's a family ticket of €25, Euro, and you can have as many children as you want under that ticket. So really, the, the, we just would encourage and like people to come and support the students and enjoy a good night out. And if students are interested in, or if anybody is interested in the course in Kinsale College, 
then they can apply and get details through the website, which is at www.kinsellcollege.ie. Belinda Wilde, thank you so much. Thank you, Elmarie. Thanks very much indeed for the chat. Now then, if you missed that booking number, uh, don't forget you can listen back to the podcast. Maybe from tomorrow on it'll be up uh, with the bank holiday weekend and you can catch that telephone number. But I imagine if you even called to the hall yourself, uh, when they're on stage, they probably will still have tickets. So Friday and Saturday at half past seven, don't forget, and a Sunday matinee at half past two next weekend in Balanspittal Community Hall. Now, if I was to say the two Norris, what would you think straight away? Incredible podcast. Yeah. yeah. Incredible podcast. As seen on The Late Late as well. So if you haven't seen them or heard them, uh, you have a chance to catch them live if you want in Knocknaheeny with the Cabin Studio on the 12th of May. That's a Thursday night at half past seven. It's in the Community College Hall, the Terence McSweeney Community College Hall on Harbour Hill View there in Knocknaheeny. It's an amazing night. Not to, do we get the two Naris, but also thrown in in the mix are special guests Pat Falvey and Gary McCarthy. Tickets are available in the Community College Hall at the moment when the doors are open sometime today or tomorrow, whatever it is, or Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday <laughs> I would imagine. So there'll be people queuing up for the tickets because it's a great night. It's Thursday the 12th of May, but two of them have come our way, courtesy of Principal Phil O'Flynn. Thanks a lot, Phil. Met her the other night and she gave me the two tickets and said would you just spread the word? Happily, happily spreading the word. Listen, it's the two Naris in Terence McSweeney Community College Hall one night only, starting at half past seven, part of a night's concert, and it's the 12th of May, up in Knocknaheeny. Now, if you want to win tickets, a simple question, one word reply, who are Cork playing today? Okay, the only other bit of typing I'd like you to do for me would be to give me your name and address so we can send you out the two tickets, all right? So, who are Cork playing today, and your name and contact details. Text or WhatsApp to 0833 96 96 96 and we'll post you two tickets to see the two Norries uh, with the Cabin Studio live in Nognahini on Thursday the 12th of May 0833 96 96 96. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Back after these. The Arts House on Cork's 96 FM and C103. And you're very welcome back to the programme and I'm delighted to be joined under great duress, I imagine, and under great pressure, Peter Stobart, the director of the Cork International Choral Festival, because today is the last day. What a weekend already, Peter. It's been amazing. Yeah, good morning, Elmarie. Um, I'm here in City Hall. We've got two more competitions today. The first one in the morning in City Hall and then we're over to St. Finbar's Cathedral for church music this afternoon and then the closing gala is later tonight, and, and we've had such an array of um, of concerts, uh, of, of uh, competition performances. We've seen choirs in costumes, um, and throwing knives around in one case, um, all, all, all above board, of course, are just part of their performance. And it's just been fabulous to see the singing and to see all these international groups coming and loving performing once again. Now, yeah, go back there a second. Who was throwing knives? Well, there was a group <laughs> from Georgia. Uh, as a sort of folk music group, and they had they had some uh, some instruments with them as well, and they were and and they had knives as part of their performance. And Amazing! That's, that's just part of the tradition, and they were in their costumes. It was fabulous. Incredible! Now I know you said you're in City Hall today, um, and of course this morning it is the Ireland's Choir of the Year competition with light and jazz and popular music, isn't it? 
That's right. Yeah, ten o'clock. So in, uh, only in about fifteen minutes' time, uh, uh, we're 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 hearing four choirs for Ireland's Choir of the Year, and then a little bit later, at around eleven, I suppose, we'll get to a totally different uh, national competition: uh, the light jazz and the popular music, and the the whole array of things there. I've just been going through the music folders, and I found um, uh, Spice Girls wannabe in the style of an English madrigal. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. That is, <laughs> you're going to he- obviously hear everything at the Choral Festival weekend and plainly with the knife throwing and everything like that, you're going to see everything in the Choral Festival weekend. Today, if, if anyone is sort of just wandering into town on spec without having got tickets, uh, there's a great atmosphere around the city all the time. And of course, there's music uh, in the afternoon as well. Uh, there is, yeah. Um, there's music in, in the Clayton Hotel in the foyer. If you just want to call in and get a cup of tea, uh, you can hear, uh, about 15 choirs doing a 10 minute slot each in the, in the, in, in the Clayton foyer there. Um, and then as I say, there's a competition in St. Finbar's Cathedral. You can, you can just turn up to that and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, it'll be a full house, I'm sure, but, uh, a few extra bodies we could probably manage. You know, the thing is, Peter, I guess what um, I can see from some of the texts from people who've been uh, at concerts and also I could see from Catherine's text earlier on, she's one of the members of Scrubs who were thrilled with their win yesterday. The joy of choirs to actually be able to come back in person is incredible because there are still choirs out there, we were saying last weekend, who are still, you know, not back together. They're doing things online or staying apart to keep different members safe. So this has been a phenomenal achievement to get something like this over the line. There are many parts of the world where this kind of event of event is not yet being rescheduled. So there must be a real sense of joy amongst, particularly getting feedback from the choirs who are taking part, is there? There really is, yeah. And I'm sort of walking walking down the street or walking through City Hall and choir members are just catching me and saying, thank you so much um, we're, or, or we're so pleased to be here once again and this is such a good thing to be doing once again. We've really missed this. I've had, I've had you know, loads and loads of people have been saying that to me, um, you know, just individuals and uh, um, so yeah, it's it's it, it's really heartening to um, to see everyone here once again. It really is. Well, listen, congratulations to you, Peter, and indeed to all of the team, the staff, the volunteers, the choirs, and the whole kind of logistical uh, machine that has to go in behind the Cork International Choral Festival every single year. And wishing you all the best and joy for the final day today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Like the Peter Stobart there, director of the Cork International Choral Festival, in its final day today, um, just a source of great joy. Connor, have you got something ready to go there? Okay, I've just a quick couple of, I suppose, notices coming in from the Inkwell Film Society and from Trankton Arts Centre. On Friday the 6th, the Society are meeting, as usual, in Trankton Arts Centre, but also in Tracton, you've got Tracton's Got Talent on Sunday night and it's a fundraiser again in the Inkwell Theatre and I'm sure there's tons of talent to be seen on the night. That's just two events taking place next weekend in Tracton in the Inkwell uh, Arts Centre. Now, at Saturday the 7th at 8 o'clock on Saturday the 7th of May, Danny McCarthy dropped me an email 
during the week to tell me about the Choir Club. Now, they are world-renowned. Uh, they do amazing experiments in sound and improvisation. The Choir Club are putting together this a site of sound. Now, it's mostly, it's site-specific, I suppose. When you go to the Holy Trinity Church in East Ferry in Middleton, you'll notice one thing straight away, that it's situated beside the water and the sound of the sea lapping up against the, the, the church just creates this unique, as I say, sonic experience. And add to that the fact that there is no electricity. Um, the place is heated only by gas. You're literally going to be going transported back to many, many years ago. Um, basically what the, the club are doing is they're going to throw a piece together on the 7th of May at 8 o'clock uh, with the help of... Ilsa Desire, who we've had on the program before, great performer altogether, and what comes out uh, on the night will be a co- collaboration between the performers, the site, the church, the sounds in the space, and it'll be just magical. It's called Sight of Sound, and it's one night on the 7th of May. Just get along to Holy Trinity Church in East Ferry in Middleton and to enjoy an experience that is going to be completely and absolutely once-off. I think the, the real connective word there is experience. Yeah. It's listening. It's a listening experience. It's one of those things that will really Everybody bring will be listening, including those who are performing. Just they are going to be listening to the whole thing and it'll just grow organically in front of you. They are past masters at this. Uh, it's been done many times before. This is what Danny specialises in and uh, has proven to be exceptionally good. He's got a worldwide I can, name I can tell by the expression on your face we're going. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There you are. Yeah. I want to say hello to everyone who's texting in. Do the course text or WhatsApp 0833 96 96 96 tell us who are Cork playing today include your name and your address if you would like to win two tickets to see the two Norries live uh, on the Thursday the 12th of May in Terence McSweeney Community College so make sure you get those in we'll be calling those winners there in about five minutes so you have five minutes left for that Danny tells me that you have to book booking is essential for this this gig oh for the quiet for the yeah for the quiet club so far point recordings that's all you have to remember farpointrecordings.com that's where you're going to get your seats reserved for yourself my apologies for cutting across there okay yeah. so um also want to give a quick mention to Douglas Library who this coming Wednesday on the 4th of May at 11 o'clock aren't having a gramophone circle they're launching a new down memory lane cafe on the first Wednesday of every month in Douglas Library, down memory lane. So this coming Wednesday, the 4th of May, you're going to enjoy music from Days Gone By with Linda Kenny, Alf McCarthy and David O'Sullivan and everybody is welcome and that is uh, completely free as well. I also want to give a quick advance mention to the UCC players back in action once again. Yeah. We had a great night in the Olimax with them before lockdown. They did a it big Agatha Christie. It was a real killer, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Christie. But this time they're coming back with a big one now again it's the play Educating Rita and they're opening that on Sunday unusual to have a play opening on a Sunday but they're opening it on Sunday the 15th of May running until the 19th in the Olimax again so if you would be interested in seeing that search for UCC players on Eventbrite now, are you a fan of David Williams or any of the books? Well, Awful Auntie is being presented by a company from the UK who are currently on tour. Now, they've been in Cork before with previous David Williams 
book adaptations and they were guests of Words by Water in the Kinsale Literary Festival. So the festival team have booked them again for the 15th of May. That's a Sunday. Now, the last time they came, I think it was later in the summer season, so it was an outdoor performance, but because the weather, you know, we're in Ireland, can be a bit unreliable, this one will be indoors in Solia in Kinsale. All the details can be found on the website wordsbywater.ie. Okay then, don't forget now, uh, text or WhatsApp 0833-969696. As soon as Fiona Kennedy has finished this song, we're going to pick the winners for the tickets to see the two Norries live at Terence McSweeney Community College for that very, very special night on the Thursday, the 12th Both of May. Of May yep. um, that's immediately after this, because today is the 1st of May, so it's time to head. Where? To the beach! <laughs>
want Fiona Kennedy a good thing. That is definitely what we have to do today for sure. Um, if so, um, best of luck. Okay, and congratulations to Dermot Carney from Douglas. You've won yourself two tickets to the two Norries on Thursday, the 12th of May in Terence McSweeney Community College College Hall on Knocknahini there. So congratulations. Everyone else, try and get to the college yourself between now and then and grab a few seats. There's a few tickets available. So that's the two Norries live in Knocknahini with the Cabin Studio. Special guests Pat Falvey and Gary McCarthy on the 12th of May at half past seven. Can I just give a quick mention out here to Cork County Council Library um, because they are doing uh, a fantastic project for Bealtaine. It's a six-week film club online for older people. Uh, so the Cork County Council filmmaker in residence is hosting that uh, online. It's an online film club for County Cork residents age 65 or over. It's starting on Tuesday week, the 10th of May. And if you would like to get in touch with them or take part in that then check out corkfilmclub at gmail.com so email that to sign up for that and listen we want to wish uh, our Cork team the very very best of luck so from us until next Sunday we were just out of time good luck (laughs) bye Massy town, the pride of all the crew. Roll on the lee. My people are the ancient and need to be exhumed. Gales back to the Eden tree. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious.